0: 106 miles to Chicago, we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it!
1: So let's imagine I'm walking on the, on the riverbank, or on the beach, and I have a sandwich. I made it, it's my favorite bologna and cheese sandwich. And I'm walking around, getting ready just to whip it out and uncork it and start eating it. When a guy comes up to me and he goes, Hey man, I'm really hungry. Give me half your sandwich. And so I do. I give him half a sandwich. Now, I would say that this is actually a very virtuous transaction. Why? Because first, I am a good guy. I shared my sandwich. I feel good about myself and rightly so. And the person who gets the sandwich is a recipient of a good deed. And so they feel a sense of gratitude and a sense of obligation. And maybe later, if they have a sandwich, they'll share with some other guy. So it's an all round you may say, virtuous transaction. But now I want to run the same transaction, but run it through the government with slight modifications. So let's follow the same transaction. I'm walking on the beach. I've got my sandwich. I open it up. I'm about to eat it. Hungry guy shows up, and he goes, I'm hungry, give me half your sandwich. Now, let's say that I answer, no. Now, in a sense, I'm not doing anything evil because it is my sandwich. It is mine to give. If he doesn't get it, he's no worse off than he was before. I'm not oppressing him. I'm merely not conferring a benefit on him. But nevertheless, I've said no. And now something interesting happens. I hear a galloping and here's Obama on a white horse. He shows up, he dismounts, and he puts a gun to my head. And he goes, hand that man half your sandwich. And so, I do. And so the outcome is the same as in my earlier example. The other guy ends up with half a sandwich. But now let's follow the actual transaction. First of all, I am a reluctant giver. I was not going to give him the sandwich. I'm forced. I have a gun to my head. It's it's no virtue to me, because I'd rather give up the sandwich than have my brains blown out. So I just chose the lesser evil. I deserve no credit. The guy who gets the sandwich, far from feeling appreciative, he feels entitled. Oh, crap! Only half a sandwich! Where's the other half, man? I'm really hungry! In other words, he's entitled. And so what I'm getting at is the same transaction that would be a beautiful and virtuous transaction if it were voluntary and in the private sector becomes a monstrous transaction. In fact, if you look at this transaction of the the horseman dismounting and putting a gun to my head, if someone tried that in the private sector, they would be considered an outlaw and sent to prison. If you show up somewhere, dismount on 5th Avenue, take out a gun and force some guy to take out his wallet and give half his money to another guy, the cops will be all over you. And yet, the same banditry is legitimized and considered to be noble because the government's doing it. Now, their use of force is no less than the bandit on the street. It's very important to realize this because ultimately, if you refuse, they will do nothing less than to shoot you.
2: Good day to you, whatever time of the day you're poking around here. This is Lou Benninger, and uh, this is No Hostages Radio, which I'm sure you hoped it would be since you sought it out. But you got to the right spot. Usually at the first day of school, teachers would say, this is Economics 101. Make sure this is your right class or go next door or down the hall or over in the next building. So you're, you're in the right spot if you want to no know Hostages Radio, and we'll be here for about two and a half hours. We're broadcasting out of Northern California, hopefully one day the state of Jefferson. We're up here where it's hot, 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 hot. It's hot today. And uh, my friend Dave Greenitz from Greenitz Construction, when I I'm going to be leaving for a little bit, for a few days, and uh, heading over to Vietnam to do a project so he's going to come in and help me uh, with some fixer upper stuff around the house one of the things put in some uh, better circulation put a fan in my my studio that we created over here to do this podcast we used to be at a radio station now we just created one inside my casa so uh, thank you for listening <clears throat> it's an honor to have you interested in what we're doing here this is our 16th episode. So we do one episode a week if you're uh this is your first gig with us. <clears throat> if you came through our website at No com, you may have gone through like Google or iTunes and just got to No Hostages Radio Podcast. But we also have the recording there if you've gone to the website at No dot com along with a couple articles that I write each week for a local weekly newspaper. Uh, they do a hard copy print, but they also do an Internet newspaper. You can read the whole paper if you're interested online at uh, territorialdispatch.biz, B-I-Z, territorialdispatch.biz, and you can read it just like you'd read the entire newspaper if you're holding it in your hand. <clears throat> uh, so this uh, program is is uh, available on July 20. And thereafter, uh, I'm recording it a little bit early because I'm, as I mentioned, I'm headed to Vietnam. So I wanted to have something new uh, for the 20th, but I couldn't be, uh, I couldn't be doing it normally when I usually do it, which is about three days before. So thankfully, I got a uh, my friend and techie uh, Tanner Martis down in Texas will uh, make sure that this all gets. Uh, All edited out, cleaned up, and scrubbed, and sound good, and then put it up for you to check it out. So, so here as I was getting ready to go and get my paperwork together and my thoughts together, I got a text and I got an email from two refugees from the state of California. As I mentioned earlier, this this is uh, California where this being produced and i've lived here all my life <clears throat> i'm i've been here for 7 decades and uh i have never in my entire life saw what i'm seeing today which is uh definitely every week now i'm having a conversation with a couple or a person that uh is about them leaving the state of california they're either leaving now or they're leaving as soon as they can finish up uh, maybe a job, uh, a a career where they can retire. But they're they're all, the new term is they're scouting, they're scouting states. What I noticed in the church uh, I attend, that I've attended for about 40 years since I got converted, uh, is that a lot of the young couples, couples that are just married, been married a year, two, three years, four years, have maybe a child or two, or just getting started, and they're looking, and they're moving, and they're moving to a variety of states. So two of these people that just uh, emailed or texted within the last 15 minutes, uh, both retired from, uh, one retired from PG&E, the other retired from working for the government here, and both were very, salt-of-the-earth type people, patriots. Uh, they supported our government even when they didn't approve of the president, but they still were loyal to the government and loyal loyal to the American, uh, the way, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution. And they both uh, decided, <clears throat> after checking things out and, and just getting fed up with uh, the area here, one of them got fed up with living in Marysville and the high water costs, plus everything else, the restrictions, the lack of freedom, the taking away our rights, and and I won't go on to all the details, but uh, one moved to Hagerman, uh, Idaho, and the other moved uh, out to Missouri, and I want to read, uh, they both uh, just listened to the show that's up now. Uh, on on the podcast, which would be the uh, July 13th show. And so the the one from Hagerman said, great show today and so true. I remember, see, the show today on on July 13th was I talked about racism uh, in America. And so um, he writes from Hagerman, Idaho, in a text. I remember as a child traveling through Mississippi when my mom and dad pointed out to my sister and me the KKK burning a cross along the road. My dad said, look at those damn Democrats at work. I didn't understand at that time, but as time went on, I fully understood. We saw a lot of locations that had segregation signs from restrooms to water fountains in parks. I never remember my dad ever saying the word Democrat without the word damn in front of it. In other words, damn Democrats. To this day, I say damn Democrats. Looking forward to next week's show. Have a safe and great trip. Those are my friends from the uh, Hagerman, uh, Idaho area. And uh, the, what I talked about last week was the fact that I, I read in an a pretty lengthy list that you that you could have taken notes on it was a list of actions taken by republicans or conservatives and not taken by democrats to set people free in this country that were being held captive they're called slaves and uh, it's a 100% record of democrats holding on to slaves blocking every move possible to uh to help give new rights, all kinds of normal rights, the normal rights that all people are promised in the Declaration of Independence. And so the folks from Idaho were just simply uh, uh, agreeing with that fact. Now, I have a half-brother, and as soon as he got out of high school, he moved to Florida. I think he just had the itch to travel, get out of town. He did. He was a painter, house painter, construction painter down there. And when he came back one time to visit, he was— absolutely shocked uh at the uh segregation and and because he just never seen it before he'd never been out of california and how uh, black people always referred to him as mister and it was just entirely different culture down there so uh the democrats uh shaped that culture that uh culture of repression uh and uh prejudice and racism so uh I wanted to look at something here. The The couple that, that ended up in Hagerman, Idaho, that all happened, if you remember, in 2017 during the uh, forced evacuation of 180,000 people below Oroville Dam when the spillway was failing and they didn't know that they could hold the water back, so they asked people to leave. So this couple went on a scouting trip and they ended up over in Idaho and they stumbled across a house that was for sale over in Hagerman because Boise was too busy, too expensive. And they, and they ended up putting a, uh, an offer on a house and bought one. So I, I pulled up Hagerman on my computer this morning, and it says top five attractions in Hagerman. It's pretty. It's a remote place. There's only about eight, nine hundred people there. So here's one: Thousand Springs State. There's a lot of state parks over there. They're beautiful. Thousand Springs State Park, Malad Gorge State Park. That's number two. Number three: Thousand Springs. It's just another, I guess, part of the park system. Uh, Hagerman Fossil Beds National Monument. That would be fun to go see, fossil beds. Uh, Lower Salmon Falls Park. Looks beautiful. Looks like a a miniature of Niagara Falls. Then there's uh, Hagerman Valley Historical Society Museum. That's number six. Oh, Oh, there are actually more than seven. Hagerman State Fish Hatchery, Owsley Bridge and Waterfront Park, and Idaho Guide Service. Seems like it's just very remote. Just 800 people. I guess you can open carry there. Gas is probably a dollar to dollar and a half cheaper. And uh, back when I used to be live on the radio, uh, they used to when they used to listen live by uh, live stream, they used to text me during the show to to give me extra information or to critique or correct me if I got something off a little bit. So. Uh, then I want to read you what someone else said uh, from Missouri. They moved. They had lived here. The wife and husband both retired from working for government and probation. Left the area. Worked uh, in other careers for Homeland Security. They're patriots. He was in the military at one time, <clears throat> and then just in uh, in the last year, they they sold their home in Gridley. They didn't even have to put it on the market. They sold it and got what they wanted or more than what they wanted actually and they moved he's already found a job working in law enforcement military law enforcement in Missouri so he said um, he said hey the show was awesome this morning that was the show for uh, seven uh, uh, July 13th and they say we listen every Saturday morning even though it's podcast you can listen whenever you want but that's when it's that's when it usually goes up hope all is well with you we're still in sticker shock living here in Missouri in other words. Things are so cheap. Just got my water bill for ten dollars and ninety four cents. By the way, I just in, I'm in Marysville. It's the most expensive water in the Yuba-Sutter County's area, and I I uh, got a bill for about eighty five dollars. So Dan's bill was ten dollars and ninety four cents. Mine was eighty five dollars. His sewer bill was thirty three ninety two. I think my I think my sewer bills maybe. 35 or 45 the total water and sewer for for them right now is just at 45 dollars uh, i have never had that combination that low while i lived here they say here that when we were in gridley the bill for water and sewer was over 200 dollars. he says our electric bill here is 116 dollars which is one-third of the California bill, especially considering our AC is running night and day. So uh, that just gives you a perspective. Now, there's a lot of reasons to leave. I, I was at a the second Thursday night of each month. I conduct or direct coordinate a trauma intervention program training, and while I was there, forget how God brought it up, but in one of the breaks in the action, one of the ladies said that she was looking, as soon as something happened, they were going to move uh, to another state. It's amazing the amount of people. Now, the reason the Democrat politicians, or the damn Democrat politicians, as the folks in Hagerman would say, the reason they're not complaining is that they're going to fill all those empty spots in the state with welfare babes and people coming out of other countries uh, that don't have high school educations, nor do they speak English, and they'll take pride in the fact that nobody can talk to any other anybody else. Uh, Gavin Newsom or Gavin Nusance uh, is basically going to try to create the Tower of Babel. If you remember the story of the Tower of Babel, when God came down and mixed up everybody's languages, uh, that's what we're going to end up having here. And uh, I was telling uh, a friend of mine, we went down and spoke at the Gleanings for the Hungry Youth with a Mission plant where they produce dried fruit for all over the world. We spoke down there uh, last Friday night, not yesterday, but last Friday night. For you, they'll be hearing us on the 20th. It'll be two weeks ago. And uh, we were, I was laughing because she's from Tijuana. And I was laughing and telling her that back in the day when we used to do work in Tijuana, building an orphanage, we would drive down a bunch of us guys from up here in Marysville area uh, on a Wednesday night. We'd finish work and then we'd get in all the trucks would be loaded and we'd all caravan down, drive all night, and then we'd start work down there in the morning. So as we drove and stopped to get a burger or a gas or whatever on the way down, every time we stopped, uh, English disappeared and Mexican, as I say, they were speaking Mexican down there. So... Uh, so we were laughing about that because uh, she, the lady I was with, driving down to speak at this event, uh, is, uh, she's bilingual, but she's, her first language is Spanish. So uh, there you have it, a couple of viewers uh, or listeners checking in, which I appreciate because it's so fascinating. It's so shocking. Listen, it, it isn't even close uh, on the choices. The costs here are so phenomenally high, and every single day – uh let, let me back up say so every single week at least there are discussions of raising taxes, whether it 's at city level county level state level uh not because they have to because they want to if I mentioned last week uh the show that uh went broadcasted on the thirteenth the uh all the raises that state employees are getting state. Uh, di- directors, the heads of all the departments, and they've been getting annual raises in the midst of the government saying they need more money, they need more money, they need more money. They get they get painfully high wages uh, for doing very little, for doing very little. If you look throughout the state of California, most government agencies, and, and I always say this within the back of my mind, knowing that we have a lot of great government employees, but... There are so many employees in state government county government city government that are uh, overpaid and underperform it's just tragic, and what we need to do like I noticed i think I mentioned this last week as well they're they're changing some things in the city of Yuba City. it looks to me like they're trying to cut some costs and uh, it's refreshing to see people that are actually agreeing with the fact that we that government is far, 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 too big and too evasive and invasive and in other words poking into every aspect of our life, checking us over, driving by, wondering about us, taking pictures, uh, doing a flyover it 's just like this is what this is what we thought was freedom so uh, so that 's kind of the situation here in california it's getting much, it's getting worse by the day. Uh, If you notice, Governor Nuisance just declared that he was going to offer free health health care for people who don't even aren't even citizens of this country, that they can get through the border. We'll take care of their their uh, physical health. It's just it. It's shocking. So what do you do about it? Hey, I was wondering the other day uh, about it. And, you know, it's fascinating. Remember when we had the blackouts when Gray Davis was governor? And it was right after he gave like 35 percent raises to all the correctional officers in the state prisons. And then he got a huge donation from the, the Correctional Officer Union for his next campaign. And, you know, I I didn't like the blackouts, uh, utility blackouts, but it set it set in motion kind of a ripple effect of the state where the guy got recalled. I was totally shocked. I voted for recall. Uh, he was I didn't like his policies. But, you know, to recall somebody or even to to beat an incumbent, even if they've been in just one term, is very, very difficult. So who knows? You know, who knows? Uh, You know, we can't do it as conservatives. In fact, more and more conservatives. I just had a friend the other day say to me that she went down and changed her registration from uh, Republican to Independent. And I think that's happening a lot because – There is no real Republican Party here. They've compromised. They actually hate Trump. Isn't that interesting? Uh, They hate Trump. Uh, No matter what party he would declare for, even if he declared he was a communist, I would have voted for him because he's smarter than the average duck and uh, he's not a pussy. He actually uh, is not afraid to stand up to people and come back at people that want to throw hand grenades at him. So... uh, I noticed this great great quote this week. When Muslims are in the minority, they are very concerned with minority rights. When they're in the majority, there are no minority rights. That would be Winston Churchill, if you ever remember him from history. If you don't, that means you're a current uh, graduate of our public school system, Winston Churchill. You could Google him. You might want to read a book, by him, or go see a couple movies. He said long ago— when Muslims are in the minority, they are concerned with minority rights. When they're in the majority, they there are no minority rights. Think about that. You either going to do Sharia law, or you're going to get your you're going to get your back whipped, or you're going to get pushed off the top of a building or shot. That's just the way that works out. So, um, so again. Um, if you're, if you're new to this, we're going to do this uh, talk today in uh, six segments. It just gives me a chance to wet my whistle and get my thoughts together. And also, I play a couple clips that I think are smarter than I can say it, so I just play them instead of trying to plagiarize them, verbally plagiarize them. So uh, I'm going to play you a clip from the movie of Winston Churchill, The Darkest Hour. Uh, which is pretty inspirational and then then I'll be right back after I get something cool on board and we'll pick up the second uh, second section okay Hang with me
0: Would you walk to the edge of the ocean Just to fill my joy with sand Just in case I get the notion
3: To let it run through my hand Let it run through my hand Well, I don't want that We shall not flag or fail We shall go on to the end We shall fight in France we shall fight on the seas and the oceans. We shall fight with with growing confidence and going straight in the air. Yeah. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. Yeah. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Yeah. And if, and if which I, I, I do not for a moment believe this island or large part of it were, were, were subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle yeah! until in God's good time the new world. With all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of the old. And
0: we'll have everything. We'll share the joy. all in love can bring.
2: All right, we're back. And, um... Uh, I wanted to talk about Puerto Rico. You ever been there? I ended up on a, I'm not, well, I don't dislike them, but I ended up on a couple of cruise ships uh, in my life, and they were, it was both involved where I was working. We took cruise, shi- cruise cruises, that's what they call it, and we went on these ships. One went down to Mexico one time, then we took a deal through the Caribbean, and we took a stop at San Juan, Puerto Rico, and uh, I have a friend, uh, Al Roland, who this last year was the vice principal at Yuba City High. When I met Al, he was in the United States Air Force, and he was from Puerto Rico. And I'd never really met anyone that was <clears throat> currently living in Puerto Rico. His people were there, but he was serving in the Air Force. I thought, oh, that's interesting. They're not even a part of the United States as a state, Right. But here he is. So Al, he came up here and was involved at Beale Air Force Base, and then he got converted, and he's been in our church. And I've known him for low these many years, and he's a great guy. I think his, his sister used to work for narcotics enforcement with the U.S. government or something. But anyway, there's been a lot of negative – you know, we stopped at San Juan, Puerto Rico, and we just kind of hung out there for an afternoon or maybe overnight, stayed on the ship and port. But we could go out and go around town. So it's interesting, it was a nice place. And uh but Puerto Rico is a law is if you can listen really closely as you get there, you hear a big sucking sound of dollar bills being sucked up over there because it's it's like if you magnified a welfare babe that thinks she's entitled to all these benefits from WIC to Section 8 housing to uh welfare free education uh, Medicaid, all these kind of things right everything free free, 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 right, and she doesn't get off her fat ass to do anything, uh but she just she didn't go out and pick up any garbage along the streets or doesn't feel like she needs to contribute anything to this nation because somehow. All those benefits just grow on trees like peach trees, peaches grow on peach trees, prune goes on prune trees, walnuts grow on walnut trees, and aid goes on grows on aid trees, right So Puerto Rico is like a big welfare, obese woman, and um, so i don 't know if you remember when they had the big hurricane down there was it Maria? And do you remember they had the mayor of San Juan? I think it was mayor of San Juan. She had a baseball cap on, female baseball cap on, and was just talking a lot of crap on the on the TV. Trumps. A dirt ball. He's a racist, right? He's a this, he's a that. He didn't provide any aid, you know, and the Democrats, of course, and the Republicans that hate Trump were just jumping on the bandwagon. He's incompetent. He hates. He's a racist. He doesn't like Puerto Ricans. He doesn't like this. He doesn't like that. Right. So all of a sudden. The FBI on Wednesday arrested two former senior officials who served in the administration of Puerto Rico Governor Ricardo Rosello Roseo Rosello I think it's Roselo. leading he's leading the chairman of the House Committee that oversees Puerto Rico to call for the governor to step down and uh, so uh, Oh, brother. So here we go. So the federal indictment says the former officials illegally directed federal funding. Now, that's funding that we provided. We're providing a lot of funding to Puerto Rico. We, Just like we provide a lot of funding to welfare babes, uh, we, give, we give federal funding to keep Puerto Rico afloat because it's basically a socialist country, right? They just give checks away for doing nothing but just breathing. In other words, you get the mirror out, you show them that, you can, that you're still breathing, you breathe a little bit on it leaves a little fog on the mirror, and then they give you a check. So they, officials illegally directed federal funding to politically connected contractors. The arrest came about a month after Congress approved a controversial disaster aid bill. Remember, they hated Trump, and Congress said, we're going to give them this money, they deserve it, you know, they're a part of us. Da, da da da. The only reason they're a part of us is we got to pick up the expenses down there and wipe their butt. So, uh, so this money was earmarked for Puerto Rico's recovery. Now, all along, I believe Trump knew these people were stealing the money. They're scamming the money. Listen. You don't get to be Donald Trump or any kind of a mover and shaker when you don't know people are ripping you off. This aid was tied up in part because Trump called island officials incompetent and corrupt. And people say, oh, what a nasty guy Trump is. Can he can he mind his manners? Can he like rein in his tongue? No, if the, if the people are criminals and jerks, they're criminals and jerks. Just call it like you see it. Right. So. uh Raul, Representative Raul Grijalva, Grijalva, Democrat of Arizona. This is American guy, representative, chairman of the National Resources Committee that oversees Puerto Rico, called on Rosello to resign. Now, this is a Democrat calling on the dude to resign amid the ongoing federal investigation. Now, see what we're doing? We got cops down there. In fact, when I was down there at San Juan uh, they had the Coast Guard out in the bay. I, they were doing maneuvers out in the bay, the United States Coast Guard. So anyway, uh, this representative, from, uh, a congressman from Arizona on the Natural Resources Committee, which gives Puerto Rico money, said the governor of Puerto Rico needs to step down, right? Interesting. Now, That goes on here. Six people were charged in the 32-count indictment. Now, this is the people that were complaining. Now, I've seen other uh, YouTube clips showing container after container, dumpster after dumpster of rotten uh, stuff that was sent to the uh, Puerto Rican aid by U.S. agencies, and it was never distributed to the people. They just rotted because they are so stinking incompetent. Ever tried to call a government agency? You're trying to do business with a government agency. You're coordinating, and uh, what you, you're coordinating, what you're doing with them, and you know they never check their emails. When in government, I I've found very rarely that government people, when they go home, ever check their email. Just something might happen after hours. They just say, "Hey, to hell with it. I served my time." It. When I work for anybody, when I work for the church, I work for anybody, I always checked. I was always checking my email. In fact, I'll be checking my email when I'm over in in, in Vietnam because life goes on, right? And I don't want to make things happen. But government people, they just go home and they'll say, to hell with it. The whole place could burn down. I'm not responding. In fact, I remember when I, I used to – let me take a little side jump here. I used to respond as a volunteer for Yuba County Probation. When there'd be a runaway and the cops would pick up a runaway but they couldn't stay with them and the law said you couldn't leave a runaway alone in the police department the sheriff's department so they need to call probation well they called a lot of volunteers we would come out and i'd try to figure out who's who in the zoo who's who's at fault here and see if i could get the kid back in a home that was acceptable to all, all parties so one night i had a problem right and i could not solve it i could not no one would take this kid. He was a foster kid. Parents wouldn't take him. Foster parents were pissed off. Foster parents were pissed off at at uh, CPS, uh, Child, Support, uh, Child Protective Services. And uh, so finally I called the CPS worker from Yuba County Sheriff's Department. And uh, the guy said, well, I don't want to come out. I said, I didn't ask you whether you wanted to come out. I'm over here at 3 in the morning, dude. Uh, put your britches on and get your rear end over here. This is your job, right? It's your boy. It's your boy. And we, we kind of got into it on the phone because he didn't want to come, right? So uh, anyway, these are some of the people getting arrested. Julia Kelleher, who served as Puerto Rico's education secretary until April, and Angela Avila Marrero who was the executive director of Puerto Rico Health Insurance Administration. All these people are just bureaucrat fat hogs. Pain in the asses is what they are. They ought to put them in prison or take them out back and let somebody like Che Guevara type person put a bullet in their head. Uh, It just goes on and on. The island's allies, that's people that want to kiss up and create socialist uh, spots around the world. This is a socialist sucking sound down here. Incompetence. Millions of people on the take. The island's allies fear that the arrest will give Trump greater justification for curtailing badly needed aid to the island. They got aid. They screwed it up. Now, this is the woman I was talking about shooting her mouth off. San Juan Mayor Carmen Yulene Cruz, a political opponent of the governor, said poor people on the island still need federal aid. This gal couldn't even get off her fat rear end to get the aid out to them. The aid was there. In fact, I agree with Trump. Uh, He did more to get aid down there, and I'll tell more about that in a minute. The governor of Puerto Rico and his administration have now given President Trump the ammunition he needed. The the ammunition he needed is their incompetent losers down there in Puerto Rico. They're losers. They're hogs. They're they're leeches that suck off somebody else's wealth and just live off somebody else. The island officials and some congressional Democrats have complained that the Trump administration is needlessly stalling disaster relief. While Trump has said nobody could have done what he has for Puerto Rico. Listen, people, if you are still watching in mainstream media and you actually believe that garbage, uh, they are spinning a yarn every night for you. Uh, the Democrats don't have a truth a truth uh, cell in their brain. They are liars. When they open their mouth, they are liars. Trump has argued that the island has received sufficient federal assistance and they have. Now, uh, Hurricane Maria, this is what happened to them, caused thousands of deaths as well as damage between $90 billion and $120 billion, right? Uh, but... Puerto Rico is – it this is the key thing. It isn't about Hurricane Maria. Puerto Rico is in the middle of a 13-year recession that has spurred an exodus of its residents and bankrupt its government. That's exactly what's going to happen to California. Why are they having a 13-year recession? Because they're socialist. And to get a permit uh, to start a business, to build, to fix something – to do anything new you have to ask the government for permission to take a piss and so basically it's just shut the whole government down business just says i people want to start a business they say, i'd like to start a business but uh I, I don't want to pay off all these government officials and i'm not going to jump through all these hoops so i'd rather just do less do less so they're in a 13-year recession. I want you I want you to think about the last time U.S. was ever in a 13-year recession. How would they pull out of it? They need to have a capitalist system, free market system. Are they going to do it? They're not going to do it. They're just like Cuba. They're just like Venezuela. They're screwed. About 4% of Puerto Rico's population left the island. They moved. It's going to be interesting to see the statistics on California on how many – are leaving california there's always going to be people coming into california because they're giving away free stuff except the people that are working if you're working hard paying your own bills free stuff's not for you but if you are laying around smoking weed drinking beer screwing off screwing everybody in town having every having four fathers for four children you 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 came to the right state we're going to kick it down to you 4% 4% of Puerto Rico's population just flat left in 2018. And the number of people living on the island has fallen by 15% since 2008. Think about that. 15% of the population in the last 10 years, 11 years, has just flat moved. Moved. They just left. A 2009, now this is, see, this is what I love. You have all these people that are just throwing uh, verbal grenades at Trump. If he if he came up with a cure of autism, cancer, AIDS, if he saw if he if he if he was able to bring about peace in the Middle East, no one would give a crap. They just want him dead. They want him. He want. They want him out of the way because they want to. Ju- they want their hands on that money. They're just, They're just total leeches, snakes. They are the underbelly of society. These politicians and government bureaucrats, they don't give a damn about this country, don't give a damn about how things are going in this country, or freedom, or Declaration of Independence. They don't care about slavery. They don't care about minorities. They just want the biggest chunk of the pie they can shove in their pocket. That's all this is about. They are no different than the common thief. Now, a 2019 study by the University of Michigan found that the federal response— to hurricane maria was both faster this is exactly what trump said people are like oh he's just an arrogant piss ant he just he just arrogant and he's just full of himself a big eomaniac well here's here's what he said he said nobody ha- could have done it better than i did so the university of uh, michigan said let's see about that so they compared the uni- they compared hurricane maria With hurricanes that struck Florida and then hurricanes that struck Texas, and they found that the response, federal response, was faster and more generous in Puerto Rico than it was in Florida and Texas. You know why? Because Floridans, or Floridians, and Texans got their trip together, and they don't they don't go running to the federal government. Sucking off the government's tit every every chance they can get, and whining and and uh, crying. We don't have any help down here. FEMA he didn't come down and help us. We we don't. You know something? You know you go up into Ohio and Iowa and when they have a flood. They don't they don't ask for any help. They just clean it up themselves and go back to farming. It's just like get over it, man. Just clean up the mess and let's get it on so why' weren't, why wasn't there a, they the big generous uh help went to Puerto Rico? why because they 're totally incompetent down there? no everybody just sits on their fat rear same way as over in Greece every every old lady was on some kind of uh, government check. nobody was doing nothing. They ran off Did you know that Greece was was the shipping center for the world? the big uh, shipping operations were all happening out of Greece. You know that there's absolutely no shipping industry operating out of Greece anymore. Here's the good thing: Congress let expire emergency food stamp aid for Puerto Rico in March, causing reductions in critical federal help. You know something? I wish they would just eliminate the entire food stamp program in the United States. People would actually go to work. You know that? If you don't just give, if, if you listen, it's it's amazing. I have friends that actually they appear to be intelligent people. But when it comes to helping the poor, they have a they have a stupid cell in their brain that just overrides their normal intelligence. So if they have kids, they would not keep handing their kids money instead of having them work for it. Why? Because it cripples them. It makes them mental retards. And so uh, but we'll do that with millions and millions of people in our country. Skinny people, fat people, tall people, short people, black people, pink people. Yellow people, red people. We just give them money and don't ask them to do anything. And if you ask them, the liberals, say, oh, my God, how can you ask people? We should be generous. We should be kind. We should just give out the money and just trust that they're honorable. Screw honorable. Nobody honorable. It's like I like the Air Force motto. In God we trust, all all others we monitor. I don't even think the local welfare groups anymore monitor anybody. They just give out money. You could make up an address out of outer and give it a local zip code, they'd give you money. They don't care. Do you know that the more money they give out, the better they look? In fact, Obama and uh, the agricultural department that hands out the food stamps, they were pushing the local welfare people to go out there and find those people and convince them. Handhold them, drag them, pick them up in buses and haul them down to welfare to sign up for food stamps. They want to give food away. That's it. They would rather do that than let them go out there and work a part time job. So Trump is, you know, I listen, sometimes Trump does something. You think, how come he did that? The reason he did that, because I mean, if you've been in business, there's reasons why you do stuff. They, he was dealing with Puerto Rico. They knew that those people were as, as criminal as they can be. There's hard to find honest people in government down there. And it, you know, there's a lot of honest people in government that are just sucking off the system. They don't If the whole system broke down, government isn't contributing anything to the survival of society. Who is, who is providing for the survival of society? Farmers let's start there, farmers, people that are running water systems getting water to people, farmers, medical, right? Screw everybody else. All you paper pushers out there, you better find a second job. You better find a way to keep somebody alive. Maybe you ought to take first aid, right? Or you got to take something practical where you learn how to actually contribute to society other, other, where, uh, other than just make up reports. In a survival society, in villages I go to, there's no paper pushers. There's no need for it. Everybody's out there working their butt off, hoeing the ground, trying to— eke out a living right maybe you could I was talking to a guy who wanted to be a veterinarian in fact he is being one he I was down at the training zone the other day and and I said you know something dude uh, you ought to just go to a foreign country and be the veterinarian because when you save the water buffalo that saves the life of the family they don't starve to death because that water buffalo is the tractor and also the way to haul the food to market and also to transport the family around that water buffalo you save that water buffalo screw the chihuahua who cares about the chihuahua people like the chihuahua just it's just a pet when i first went to china and vietnam there were no there were no dogs and and cats running around they ate them they ate them because it was food good food they had they were starving right now in vietnam they're prospering and you see all these little pets running around and people holding them all the time they think it's cool well they're they're moving up the food chain so uh Trump was right. Puerto Ricans corrupt. It's a big old welfare sucking sound down there. I wish we'd cut them totally loose. I don't know what they call them, a protectorate or something. God help us. I hope they never become a state. They're just a, they're, they're just a leech Puerto Rico. And Trump said it right. And people, people listen, you you have to get this in your right mind. If you're going to listen to the government, 95% of those people, Uh, are socialists they like it the way it is and they think that they're going to get away with keeping doing the same thing and getting a hundred thousand hundred fifty thousand dollars salaries and we can just keep doing that i'm telling you we're we're, i was just looking up look up venezuela by decade and see how they did i think it was back in the 70s when things started to go go in the toilet it doesn't take too long 70 to 2000 right that's 30 years 19 years, 49, 50 years, but, it, but they've been really screwed up for a long time, Venezuela. It was the diamond country. It has the biggest oil reserves in the world, the whole world, and, uh, and now it's in the toilet. They're importing gas in Venezuela, folks. Hold that thought. Some of you uh, need to take vitamin C or something and get your brain to be working better. Uh, You're too easily led by the nose. Be right back. I'm going to hose down my throat. We're going to start our third segment. Hang in there.
1: The
4: top 1% of all income earners in the United States made 23.5% of all income. Their greed has no end.
0: People who are in the top one percent in income receive far more than one percent of the attention in the media. Even aside from miscellaneous celebrity bimbos, the top one percent attract all sorts of hand-wringing and finger-pointing. Who are those top one percent? For those who would like to join them, the question is, how can you do that? The second question is easy to answer. Virtually anyone who owns a home in San Francisco, no matter how modest that person's income may be, can join the top one percent instantly just by selling their house but that's only good for one year you may say what if they don't have another house to sell next year well they won't be in the top one percent again next year will they but that's not unusual americans in the top one percent like americans in most income brackets are not there permanently despite being talked about and written about as if they are an enduring class especially by those who have overdosed on the magic formula of race class and gender which has replaced thought in many intellectual circles at the highest income levels people are especially likely to be transient at that level recent data from the internal revenue service show that more than half the people who were in the top one percent in 1996 were no longer there in 2005. among the top one hundredth of one percent three-quarters of them were no longer there at the end of the decade. These are not permanent classes, but mostly people at current income levels reached by spikes in income that don't last. These income spikes can occur for all sorts of reasons. In addition to selling homes in inflated housing markets like San Francisco, people can get sudden increases in income from inheritances or from a gamble that pays off, whether in the stock market, the real estate market, or Las Vegas. Some people's income in a particular year may be several times what it has ever been before or will ever be again. Among corporate CEOs, those who cash in stock options that they have accumulated over the years get a big spike in income the year that they cash them in. This lets critics quote inflated incomes of the top paid CEOs for that year. Some of these incomes are almost as large as those of big-time entertainers, who are never accused of greed, by the way just as there may be spikes in income in a given year so there are troughs in income which can be just as misleading in the hands of those who are ready to grab a statistic and run with it many people who are genuinely affluent or even rich can have business losses or an off year in their profession so that their income in a given year may be very low or even negative without their being poor in any meaningful sense This may help explain such things as hundreds of thousands of people with incomes below $20,000 a year living in homes that cost $300,000 and up. Many low-income people also have swimming pools or other luxuries that they could not afford if their incomes were permanently at their current level. There is no reason for people to give up such luxuries because of a bad year When they have been making a lot more money in previous years and can expect to be making a lot more money in future years most americans in the top fifth the bottom fifth or any of the fifths in between do not stay there for a whole decade much less for life and most certainly do not remain permanently in the top one percent or the top one hundredth of one percent most income statistics do not follow given individuals from year to year the way Internal Revenue Service statistics do. But those other statistics can create the misleading illusion that they do by comparing income brackets from year to year, even though people are moving in and out of those brackets all the time. That especially includes the top 1%. Before,
1: it's from an old familiar score. Well,
3: that melody
0: Dream, a dream all right,
2: we're back. Hey, uh, I wanted to give uh, my friend Monty Hecker with Elite Universal Security a shout out for helping us again this month. Uh, we always can count on Monty, and I refer people to him all the time. People need a job. You want a job? You're up there in Butte County, up there in Oregon. They're even working up there in Oregon for FEMA. You're up in Butte County, Sutter County, Yuba County, down south here, up and down the valley. You want a job, you call elite universal security, and you may get yourself a job. You may get yourself a job as a security guy. Maybe you could do dispatching. It may be the first step of going into law enforcement, one of the best careers there is. Uh, It's not cut out for everybody, but if it is for you, uh, it's one of the more admirable. It's endorsed. It's got high endorsements, not by the governor of the president of the United States, although the president of the United States is into law enforcement. The best endorsement it has is from God himself. It's from the Bible. Become law enforcement. It's endorsed by God. 530-749-0280. Five three zero seven four nine zero two eight zero. That would be Elite Universal Security. They will put you to work. They're located here in Yuba County, one of 58 counties in California, one of the poorest. But uh, it's got some good attributes. Rurals, rural farming. If you like laid back, it's up here. You should you should educate your own kids up here. Schools aren't that hot. Schools suck in California. It's a we're, we're about down the bottom of the barrel. Uh, so api-academy.com api-academy.com you can find out all the different classes they got going on and you can also find out where you could go get your uh your concealed weapon training and your uh, authorization to get your permit they got those classes coming up on uh, the 26th and 27th of july and uh you can also recertify over there you can get live scans done anytime you want you can get mobile notary services. You can you can get some taser training. You can get lots of cool training, and you can get a job. So check them out. You can go on their websites, uh, find out what's going on, or you can just dial them up the old school way. We use I use that term dial. We don't even have a dial anymore, right? It's kind of like horsepower in cars. Where are those horse? Where do they get those horsepowers? But you can dial them up. Seven four nine zero two eight zero with we up here in the five three oh area code as the gangbangers like to call it. All right, I also want to mention uh uh Greenitz, Dave Greenitz Construction. I mentioned him early, he's gonna come over while I'm gone and uh he said, "Lou, give me a list." I mean, you just what happens is I just I just wear things out, and then the guys have to come in and just fix things up while I'm gone, so I get another shot at it when I get back. So Dave Green is construction. If you're ever wanted to, like, I mean, not just paint your bathroom or fix your faucet, but I mean, do a whole life makeover your bathroom, like blow blow everybody's mind. Have a place you just want to never leave. Bathroom, kitchen entry to your house put on a deck amazing stuff you can don't take my word for it just go check it out you can sneak up you don't even need to call anybody you can go to greenitsconstruction.com, green with etz uh, you can check it out there they got all kinds of cool photos before and after photos uh, you can go to the facebook page dave Greenitz construction you could like like it and then they'll probably he could dump photos your way every once in a while and I'll give you some ideas. Uh you're not going to find anybody to fix your bathroom or kitchen better than these guys. One of the problems every once in a while after they get a job done, they'll have to call the police and break into the bathroom cuz people don't want to leave. They get in there and they say I'm not coming out. I I just want to live back in here. Uh you know, they you know, just amazing showers. Just it you know, just amazing. You got to see it to believe it. Uh, so you can dial them up at five three zero six eight two nine six zero two. If if you uh, are millennial and you have a you have you know stutter, you can't talk on the phone because you're you've never had a you know you're just not used to having conversation. You've been texting your whole life, so you can off their website. Uh, you can contact them by email and begin there, and you can warm up to them that way. So don't don't offend them. If you ever saw Seinfeld's a soup Nazi, Dave is a nice guy. But uh, don't be don't be pushing him because he's I know he's busy like out to about 2025 or something like that. But he may cut you a deal. Let him know that you heard it on the podcast, No Hostages Radio. He might cut you a little deal. Or if you if you ask him for a deadhead discount, he might like shoot you a little bit of a, a cut, or maybe slide you in, move you up the ladder on how fast they could get your job done. So you aren't going to find any better around here to do it or anywhere else. But he doesn't he does. He got so much business here, he can not hardly get off his front doorstep. So, uh, OK, let's go on with the day and we'll start talking trash here about some other stuff. Uh, you know, something, one of the things. When you start out as a kid. You, they teach you history, and most history I've ever had taught to me was fairly boring. Now, that could have been my fault. I just I had a hard time with it, memorizing people, places, and things, and dates. But the longer you live, and you live through history, it becomes a part of who you are. And then you become interested in what happened before you were around, and I think the whole thing comes together. Now, some people are gifted in this history thing, and they really find a a desire and a hunger for it early on in high school and maybe college and become history experts. And I just admire them so much. Now I've I've done about twenty twenty to twenty five years going back and forth to Asia, communist countries primarily, but also other countries, Muslim countries like Indonesia, Philippines, India, Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam uh, China all over the place, and I've been going to China long enough to see tremendous changes in China, and I've never seen it more repressive. I went there right after the the uh, the, uh, the murdering of of college students at Tiananmen Square by their own government. They drove over them with tanks, and and burned them up with flamethrowers. Uh, don't ever underestimate how gnarly the Chinese can be. And so I started going there in the early 90s, smuggling Christian contraband, Bibles and such, into the Chinese underground church. But a few years ago, the border shut down. You can still go through the border if you're a tourist, but to bring anything in is very, very difficult. And they began arresting Christians and tearing down churches. I mean, literally tearing down churches. Bulldozers come in, taking crosses off churches. They have now uh, ID, uh, visual ID scanners at the doorways of the uh, authorized churches where they take photos of you coming to church, uh, ID you, and know, they know who's going where. They also incarcerate people that don't agree with them. So if you go on Facebook or any of the social media or you protest, or you do anything, they can just pick you up off the street. No civil rights, no trial. You just disappear into one of one of their thousands of prisons. So years ago, they they began harvesting or, organs. Here we wait and wait and wait, and many people die waiting on the donor list. There's no such donor lists in China, because they have living people who they just match the uh, the the DNA of prisoners to the DNA of a needy person who needs a kidney, heart, lung, liver, right, whatever, eye, couple eyes. Uh, they match the DNA, they get the money, and they kill the prisoner uh, as they remove the parts they need. Now, that's been going on. That's not, uh, that's not conspiracy discussion. That's mainline uh, journalists and undercover people that have slipped out of the country and told the whole story. Doctors, medical people that have been in on this doing it and couldn't stomach it any longer, uh, no pun intended. So uh, China also, when I first went there, they said Chinese people will eat anything that moves. So it wasn't too long after I began going that the SARS epidemic broke out, and I actually had a, a, a missions team ready to go, and uh, about half the team, it was killing so many people, about half the team uh, Canceled their their ticket. Uh, they they a lot of them were young people, and their parents didn't want to go. Even though they said, "Oh yeah, we want to give our life for the gospel," they didn't want to give give their life that bad. So uh, they canceled their ticket. So when we got there, the streets were of Hong Kong were pretty bare compared. To people wearing masks everywhere, but the way that SARS got got uh, started was they were eating cat, and they ate they ate a diseased civet cat. Now. I hope you understand that diseases in the animal kingdom can jump over into the human kingdom. Do you understand that? That's how SARS jumped into the human kingdom. That's how AIDS jumped from from primates uh, into the uh, human kingdom, right? Uh, People having sex with with, uh, primates in Africa jumped the AIDS into the human kingdom. So the civet cat was sick. And they they wanted to they when you go into restaurants up in China, you'll see cats in cages that are waiting to be dinner, just like you'll see fish in the back of the back of the restaurant in ponds, big ponds. And they they're fresh fish. They don't need to have refrigeration so much. They just catch the fish, bring it up, cook it. And you got fresh fish but uh, they would eat the civet cat. And uh, it looks kind of like a cat, but it's got a sharp nose, more like a fox on the front end of it. But unfortunately, the cat was sick. So it's the reason we take such care when we eat animals in the United States. We have the US Department of Agriculture that monitors the butchering and monitors to make sure that pigs and chicken And, uh, all the other things we eat that are of the meat are, are healthy that we're not eating diseased animal meat, right? It's a big deal. It'll kill people pretty quick and it's, and it's very communicable. So, um, so I've been doing this China thing for years and, uh, before emails were even started. And so people used to say to me when I say, listen, when I'm going to China, please don't email me saying anything about the trip because they'll read the email and it'll put me in danger over there. And the people are just like poo-poo it over here, because Americans are the smartest people in the world, they think, but they are far from it. They just have a lot of money, so they can talk trash. It's like the spoiled kid, you know. His dad worked his butt off for 50 years, came to the country with no money. And the kid's driving around in a brand-new car every six months, and but can't find his butt with both hands, and has a lot of money. That does not mean you're smart just because you have a lot of cash in your pocket. So— uh, but people would say stupid stuff to me coming back, whether they're church people or not. Uh, same on both sides. And so then uh, under the Obama years with the Clinton emails and all of a sudden, they realized that NSA was actually looking at all your emails and listening to your phone calls when you're talking to your honey and wanting to have sex with or, or proposition somebody else's wife. People are listening to that stuff, you know. And, uh, and they're following where you're looking on on the Internet. There you have it. So now... We got companies, Google, IBM, Facebook, uh, all these techie companies that are in China, right, because they want a billion people using their product, right, a billion people on Facebook. When I communicate a lot on Facebook with my Vietnamese friends and people in other countries, in Mexico and stuff. And so Facebook and all these people, they want a million, two million, three million, four million more customers, right? Because then they can put those ads on there. So what's happening is in order to do business in China, they are having to – China wants to be able to monitor. They used to do it by people watching you and following you around. And now they're going to track everybody in the country, And right now they can do hundreds of millions of people by just tracking them to technology. And so we have uh, companies in the from the United States, U.S. companies. You think, oh yeah? You hear these people, oh, man, we, we you know we believe in human rights, and what about this, and what about the Chinese, and what about the Vietnamese, and what about here, what about there? And so, what's happening is all these Democrats and talk trash all the time, but then the very companies that are Democrat-led companies are over there helping them kill people, take people into custody and uh, take their organs, all by offering this technology. So an op- the Open Power Foundation, it's a nonprofit led by Google and IBM executives, has the aim of trying to drive innovation and has set up collaboration with, between IBM and uh, the Chinese company by the name of Simptian, SEMPTIAN, S-E-M-P-T-I-A-N, Simped in and U.S. chip manufacturer Xilinx. X I L I N X. Today, they have worked to advance a breed of microprocessors that enable computers to analyze vast amounts of data much more efficiently. Uh, so, Shenzhen-based Shenzhen used to be a fishing village right across the border from Hong Kong in Communist China. Now, it's one of the biggest cities in China, and, and one factory has 80, hold this, I, I got my numbers right, I'm not misstating this, one factory has 80,000 workers, one factory, you got to go across the border and jump into the subway at, at busy time, and and see the crush of Chinese workers, you know, all young people in those subways, it is, it's a sight to behold, Shenzhen, they're, they're, they're rocking and rolling and shins in Shenzhen, and people live. They don't even leave the factory. They leave the factory and go right next door to where they live in dorms. Lots of people live in the same rooms. Uh, they can get everything done there, healthcare, care, uh, school, uh, kindergarten, Whatever they need, food, everything, you could do that without ever leaving the factory ground. Shenzhen-based Symptian is using the devices to enhance the capabilities of the Internet surveillance and censorship technology it provides to human rights abuse security agencies in China. According to sources and documents, a company employee said that its technology is being used to co- covertly monitor the Internet activity of 200 million people. So if you're communicating over there with some folks in China, you may be having people watching what you uh, or your little trash talk over there. So don't be showing them some sexy photos of yourself and then talking all trash about the Chinese. Are they liable to pick you up over here? so our our government like uh and now the vietnamese same thing they are they are adopting the same thing and they they are looking at facebook they're looking at all these things to see whether anybody wants to make some oh, i don't like i don't like the pre- i don't like president the the vietnamese president trump i don't like that i don't i don't think he should say that they just come and pick you up they don't they don't you don't need to get all funky and everything, you just ex- express if if the people in China did what the the nut so cases here in the US are doing with Trump, they'd have they have a couple several million people picked up. I mean back in the day with Obama, they were picking up people that made death threats to the president and, and interrogating them. They don't even do that anymore. Do you know you understand that? We got Movie actors, actresses, we got even people that are involved in elected officials that are threatening the president with harm. They don't do jack, right? Senator Mark Warner, he used to be in the military, Democrat Virginia, vice chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, said the intercept that he was alarmed, uh, told the intercept is a newspaper, that he was alarmed by the revelations, News to him. A revelation is new news. It's disturbing to see that China has successfully recruited Western companies and researchers to assist them in their information control efforts. Pay attention to what you say, folks, on social media. It can get you into lots of trouble because it never does really disappear. So, uh, But what's happening is is our friends in China and Vietnam, and I'm in contact with them oh regular i just say regularly and it is very intense on any border of china it's very difficult to get through if you have any contraband on you i mean anything like a bible anything odd i'm not talking about bringing drugs in you're going to get in real trouble for that but just you know contraband stuff something about your country or whatever or anything negative about china you're gonna be in real trouble you get over there. Now I've always got out of trouble when I got caught doing something because I had a blue passport. But if you're running around with some Chinese folks or Hmong folks or those people will go to prison. So uh it's just something to think about. Most unfortunately most people in the United States are ignorant of, of geography. They're 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 ignorant of the political situation in the world, geopolitical situation, and uh, like I have so many people. Oh yeah, did, oh aren't Vietnam and is Vietnam still separated? Vietnam and South Vietnam. Oh, they're communist. Oh, they they can't have a Bible over there. It's just unbelievable, people. I mean, the ignorance of the United States. Uh, we got to be. For all the money we put into education, we got to be some of the stupidest people I've ever met in my life. I I find people in Vietnam they're more they they know more about this country, and and the government than than over there, right here in our country. It's like, I think I think now they're giving bonuses, to register people you know to go get a job, fill out an application. If you're really stupid, they put you to the front of the line. We'll be right back.
1: has been almost a job that begins with re-educating myself. Because I realized that many of the things that I've believed since the 1980s that I knew to be true are not true. I thought fascism was always on the right. In fact, if you had asked me 10 years ago, I'd say, well, yeah, communism is on the left and fascism is on the right. And in fact, I, I thought that in part because in World War II... You see the communists, the Soviets on one side, you see the Nazis on the other. So we have bought into a lot of things. It suddenly dawned on me as I began to dig into this and find, as I found one spin after another, I realized that virtually everything that we call history is in fact progressive history. It is written by a generation of people who came to power really starting, starting after World War II. And they have written the history books and they have spun the narrative. Now, I'm not saying they're outright liars, but I'm saying that they do downplay or leave out facts inconvenient to their side. So, when I made the statement earlier about slavery, this fact, I tell you, is a fact, and yet appears in no textbook. It's never been on the History Channel. It's not in Wikipedia. You won't find it anywhere. So, how can something be true and relevant And yet, none of us have heard about it, even though we all read exhaustively on the topic. And the answer is that we have been sold a line. And part of it is we have allowed academia and the media and Hollywood to run away from us. They control the megaphones. So all these terms have to be viewed with suspicion. You've got to go back and say, what are they trying to do here? What is the actual truth behind this? Um, All I'll tell you is that the Republican Party was literally called, by Stephen Douglas, Abraham Lincoln's antagonist, the black Republican Party. And he meant that as an insult. And he, meant, and he used that term because particularly in the, in the South, virtually 99% of all African-Americans were Republicans. When you're
3: smiling, when you're smiling, when you're smiling, when you're smiling, when you're smiling. and the whole world smiles at you. Smiles at you. And when you're, laughing. when you're laughing, oh, you're laughing. Oh, you're laughing. Oh, you're laughing. Mm when the sun comes shining through. shining through. When you're crying, when you're crying, you bring on the rain, on stop, the rain. Your you stop your shine Stop your Won't you be happy again? Happy when again. you're smiling. When you're smiling.
2: Alrighty. You guys will be out smiling. in uh, Northern California here <clears throat> that get the benefit of uh PGE services, Pacific Gas and Electric. Uh they've had the monopoly on providing electricity and gas, natural gas to customers up here. I don't know how far south they go in California. There are some other providers down in what we call, I'd say south of the grapevine. Uh, I think there's one in San Diego and in, anyway, I'm not wanting to talk about them. I want to talk about Pacific Gas and Electric. Growing up up here, Uh, You know, of course, your view of of people and and places and businesses is a lot different when you're younger. You don't know as much and a lot of everything's kind of bigger than life. But I used to have a real positive outlook towards Pacific Gas and Electric. They seem like a good company, right? But as I grew older... Uh, and saw them taking really radical stands against marriage and getting off – instead of just providing like utilities and doing a great job at that like they used to, they started like spending – giving a half million dollars to fight the initiative that would say marriage is between a man and a woman. And you just thought, you know something, if they got that kind of money to just throw around – uh, you wonder what's going on and then as we got more and more involved with Cal water here and began to fight Cal water because they were a monopoly uh, they're a private monopoly and uh, the water rates in Marysville in the city of Marysville though we have this abundance of water here Cal water gets the water for free and makes sure that it's pure pumps it over to your house through wells right in pipes and then charges us twice as much as what Yuba City, Linda, and all of us have to pay. So when we began to fight that those costs, we began to learn more and more about the California Public Utilities Commission, which is a total scam. And so um, we realized that it was all an inside deal, that the California, there's nothing public about the Utilities Commission. It's really a California Utilities Commission that protects and benefits um, the monopoly of utilities, all kinds of utilities. So uh, then uh, a couple of the assemblymen or senators in the state capital of California began to question uh, PG&E's integrity because they seem to be trying to bribe the utility commission directors uh, to get their rates increased. You know, they have to ask the ut- CPUC to increase their rates. And so pretty soon, some people realized that PG&E was, in, so to speak, in bed with the CPUC directors. Uh, and so then we had the the gas uh, line blow-up explosion in San Bruno that killed numerous people, blew up I don't know how many houses, and uh, it was a one-of-the-kind explosion in California. Through that, we learned that PG&E was collecting rate—part of their rate increases was to replace the gas lines and gas connections throughout their system, but it really—nobody was monitoring— to assure that they were actually doing the work that they promised in the request for rate increases they were saying we're going to do this many million you know this many miles of line replace this line etc but they weren't replacing the line and so when the, so stuff was blowing up they said well that should have been new line over there the federal government came in to investigate uh, the state because of the blow up and all the lives lost and found that PG&E was really in violation and sued them, okay? So uh, on and on and on. So now we have these forest fires. Now I want you to remember, or try to remember, you out there that are in your 40s, 35 up, can you ever remember, and, and even you that are 70, 80 years old, 90, if you've lived here, can you ever remember the Pacific Gas and Electric Company uh, contributing to these horrific fires. Can you ever remember a time when Pacific Gas and Electric says, now we've had times in severe storms when the power went out for a very short period of time, but never where PG&E turned off the power because they, they thought that their power lines, uh, were going to be, uh, compromised by tree limbs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're supposed to, PGE is supposed to maintain those power lines and keep the tree limbs unentangled from the power lines. They're also supposed to replace gas lines and gas mains. Recently, we had a, a couple of years ago, TIP was called, trauma intervention that I run was called to a house fire, I think it was out on Walton or George Washington in Yuba City, where... The house blew up. The woman, what saved her is she was taking a shower and the the surround her, the surround that she was standing in, showering, plus the water on her. When the gas blew up in the house, uh, it saved her. And I think her husband got some bad burns. But it it blew, literally, it blew the house apart, leaving just the studs. PG&E was found at fault for having faulty connections, gas connections from their main. Now, I have never in my life saw PGE and e what this, this whole concept about, they now have permission from the California state government to vol- to proactively shut down their entire system when they think a bad storm's coming. Why? Because the system is so stinking bad and compromised and defective. That it's just a crappy system that they they haven't paid the money. They've taken out stocks. They've paid off their stockholders. They paid their multi-million-dollar salaries, but they haven't maintained their system of integrity. So a storm can come through and have occasionally outages. But what they have now is they have so much screwed-up stuff like this recent cascade fire. They knew that they had bad uh, electrical connections, and it caused that fire. So now I got a, a letter. I'm sure you got the letter, too. It was dated in May 31, and it's, I've had it laying on my desk, and I had radio show written across it. Now they have a protocol to shut off the power, to just shut it off. It's not like a storm's going to shut it off. They're just going to shut it off. This is, reminds me of when I used to work in Tijuana. They just, right in the middle of the day, you're doing something. Maybe you need the water. The water just shuts off. There's no water. Boom. It's gone. Just gone. It drips out of the faucet, so you put a five-gallon bucket to just, like, try to collect a couple of gallons of drops because they can't even they can't even effectively shut the water off properly. And uh, then power would go down or telephone would go down, just like they sh- just stuff to go off. So it says, before any public safety power shut off, we carefully review a combination. I'm not even going to go through all this BS. The bottom line is they're telling you that they're going to shut your power off whenever they think it's a danger. Why would it be a danger? Because they haven't they haven't taken care of their system. They sucked all the money out of the, the corporation, and uh, they they have a monopoly. No one can come in here and compete with them, so they just screw people over. And that's what's going on here. And uh, so that's another reason people are leaving. You know, as, as I wrote, uh, as I read earlier about how cheaply you can get power in, in Missouri. I mean, you could go all over the country and get power 50% cheaper than PG&E. Why? Because PG&E is just screwing us here, right? Cal Water is all over California providing water. It just totally screwing people, raping people. I call it rate-rape. That's what it is, rate-rape. So uh, I remember when uh, a few years ago we had a different uh, board of supervisors. You know, you, you really know board of supervisors, board members, have too much time in the hand when they start talking about social engineering, right? They talk about this all the time at the, at the Congress, Right. So they say we're going to bus kids. If we take black kids from black schools and put them over in white schools, and we take white kids from white schools and put them in black schools, they'll all become smarter. I'm telling you, we got some really idiots uh, running this country—real big idiots. Busing was a big pain in the rear. You don't hear about so much about it anymore. But what happened is, ultimately, people vote with their feet. And a lot of white people just thought, you know, I'm not having my kid get up an hour early to ride a bus to way away from here and then ride home late at night. I'm not going to do that. So white people just ended up moving out of bus areas, forced bus areas. Black kids, the idea was from social engineers on the liberal side is that if black kids sat next to white students, they would through, through some kind of miraculous osmosis become better students. It didn't happen. It didn't have one impact, uh, intellectual impact positive on anybody. In fact, it probably had a negative impact on a lot of kids that now we're spending half hour, hour, hour and a half more on a bus to ride to an area that he never really wanted to attend, but it was totally outside his, uh, living area. So busing really, really bad idea. So we have all these people in, uh, you know, they're, Maybe they're a, con- a previous contracted contractor, car dealer, lawyer, whatever, and they get into these jobs like as assemblyman or a senator or whatever, and all of a sudden, or even a board of supervisor, county board of supervisors, and they become, they get in this position and get handed these agendas, and then. Uh, they called on with Mr. or Supervisor, so-and-so, and everybody called him Supervisor, so-and-so, and people come to talk to them and ask them questions and ask them permission and ask them questions as if they are the Wizard of Oz. And overnight, they become, they go from a car mechanic to a librarian to this, to that, to the, just the most brightest person you'd ever set your eyes on. They're just intelligent. It's like there's God and then there's that person. So, uh, so we had uh, supervisors a number of years ago that had too much time on their hand, and uh, and they were the most obese uh, on the on the uh, the board. Uh, that was John Nicoletti and Mary Jane Griego. In fact, I thought they are gonna have to keep buying bigger chairs to, because they were, their, their butts were getting wider and wider and wider in their midsection. Uh, but all of a sudden they got on a rant uh, about they needed to stop obesity. Obesity was just the biggest damn problem we ever had. And so uh, people are just fat, 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 fat. And and like people weren't fat back when I was growing up. So what's changed? Uh, A lot of people's uh, movement from the bending of the elbow on, I think a lot of the carpal tunnel syndrome is people stick their hand in their mouth so much. They always got their hand in their mouth, bringing something to it. And so life has changed in America. Instead of kids going outdoors and hanging outdoors, running, playing, riding bikes all the time, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, digging forts. Doing, doing amazing things, jumping off tall buildings. They sit in, they sit around the house all the time and uh, molest themselves and play on video games, right? That doesn't do much good to burn off calories. So, uh, so what's happening is we have all these brilliant people like former fry cooks that are now supervisors or people that couldn't find jobs and now got a supervisorial job and got the best pay of their life. Now they become experts in everything. Doesn't matter what topic, they got an answer for everything. And uh, so they were going to fight obesity in Yuba County, and Mary Jane Griego actually said that we should, this is just the ultimate extreme dysfunction in government. She said we need to limit the number of fast food restaurants located in Marysville. I just thought, what businesses of your fat face is it to stop businesses from locating in our town? Why don't you just let any business locate here that wants to? Unless it's like a nuclear dump, right? Or or some sort of a sex shop or something that's going to pollute kids' minds or something. But all of a sudden, they come up with these ideas. Well, we want to eliminate fast food restaurants. I thought, you know something... There's really a flat spot on the brain here. So there's an article that says, this is the number one most obese state in America. What do you think the number one most obese state in America is? Because obesity is a big problem. I'm going to be gone for a couple weeks, but when I fly back into America, everyone will look like they're overinflated because I'm coming from a Southeast Asian country where most people are just skinny, skinny, skinny. And they're little people to begin with. And pudgy ones are the ones that have found their way to American fast foods and ice cream and all that kind of stuff. Ice cream, you you scream, all that kind of stuff. We all scream. So uh, West Virginia and Kentucky are right up there with one one and two. uh, Or sorry, West Virginia and Mississippi Are number one and two on the obesity index. Um, Colorado has the lowest levels of obesity. Right, twenty-three percent versus thirty-seven point three in Mississippi. So they measured all the uh, the uh, the weight, the obesity. Body mass index, all those things they measure it. Then they have what they call the couch potato index, and uh, that's where states where adult, adults get zero exercise. I don't know how they com- how, how they what they consider exercise. I guess just walking to use the toilet is not exercise, or walking back and forth a 100- hundred. Trips across the kitchen making food is not exercise. I don't know what they call exercise. This percentage of adults engaged in zero physical leisure activity, maybe that's it, leisure activity. According to the California, excuse me, the Center for Disease Control, Kentucky was number one, 34.4%, zero physical leisure activity. Mississippi, 332 Arkansas, or, or Arkansas, 30, 32. I'm not going to read you all, this, all the deals. I'm just saying it's uh, it's fascinating. So this is the couch potato index. This is one index where California looks pretty darn good. Out of 51 uh, locations, there's 50 states and then the District of Columbia, right? We're counting. We're throwing them in. We're not counting Puerto Rico. Jeez. Make up my mind. So California is forty eight of fifty one jurisdictions and we're down around oh sorry it's forty ninth it's forty ninth of the fifty states fifty one jurisdictions twenty percent of Californians uh, have this uh, no exercise now that might give you a clue on how to get rid of your obesity one is is to start moving more. Right? One is move more. The second is eat less. Third is eat intentionally. Eat your food like you were taking medicine. Otherwise, you'll be eating medicine like it was food. Look out. So, uh, just something to think about. But, obesity. So let me finish up here. We've got a few minutes here. One study found that obese people face medical costs that are more than $1,400 per year higher than those who are at a high, healthier weight. Another estimate put that number at a, about $2,700 compared to those that are healthy, healthy, healthy. They're also more likely than normal weight people to earn less. I'm not sure... I'm not sure the story behind that, whether that means they miss more work. Usually, if you miss work, you you still get paid in a lot of jobs. But uh, I'm not quite sure why they earn, why being heavy, maybe they couldn't do certain jobs. They just couldn't do certain jobs, so they had to eliminate them. So, the Harvard School of Public Health writes treating obesity and obesity related conditions costs billions of dollars a year. By one estimate, U.S. spent $190 billion on obesity-related health care and expenses in 2005. Double the previous estimates. Um, so what's the solution? I, I usually am always looking for the solution because I want to see it's different than what I had in mind. Prevention is the key to trimming obesity's high cost. Now, I think... At this point, that's pretty bizarre, right? Uh, A lot of times people say, ah, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Been smoking this many years, gonna finish out smoking. Been doing this, gonna finish out doing that. So, one thing that I know that that is leveraged, whether people are drug addicts or food addicts, is to put before them some good options like, do you wanna leave your grandkids right now? Do you wanna do this? Do you wanna do that? So uh, anyway, I, uh, it's a predicament, and the obesity thing is a big deal. Now, I've written articles where I suggested that we tax uh, fat and that we, we, everybody go in and have a weigh-in, just like you go in and have your car checked for uh, smog, that you go get weight every year, and you have to pay a tax on weight that's over your, over your natural weight. But we'll, we'll get back to that in a minute. I'll, uh, I want to take a break here, and uh, you'll hear a recording by JFK. Be right back. I want to talk with all by myself. I want to walk
4: with, but I'm happy on the shelf. Ain't misbehaving, saving my love for you. I know for certain the one I love, I'm through with flight, and just you I'm dreaming of. Ain't misbehaving, saving my love for you. But why, some say, the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Five thirty-five years ago, fly the Atlantic. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. Three, two, one, zero. Lift off on Apollo 11. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best Of our energies and skills because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept one we are unwilling to postpone and one we intend to win that's one small step for man one giant leap for i find the education i think it don't matter where you go to school italy america brazil it's all the same it's all just memorization and it don't matter how long you can remember anything, just so you can parrot it at the back for the tests. And I got this idea for a school I would like to start, something called the Five Minute University. <laughs> and the idea is that in five minutes you learn what the average college graduate remembers five years after he or she's out of the school. with the cost of like $20. (laughs) That might seem like a lot of money, $20 just for five minutes, but that's for like a tuition, (laughs) cap and gown rental, graduation, a picture, (laughs) snacks, everything, everything included. You know, like in college, you have to take foreign language. Well, at the five minute university, you can have your choice. Any language you want, you can take it. Say if you want to take Spanish, What I teach you is, como esta usted, that means, how are you, and the answer is, muy bien, means very well, and believe me, if you took two years of college Spanish, five years after you're out of school, como esta usted, muy bien, about all you're going to remember. So in my school, that's all you learn. You see, you don't have to waste your time with the conjugations, vocabulary, all that the junk. You just forget it anyway. And what's the difference? Economics: supply and demand. That's it. Business businesses: you buy something and you sell it for more. Theology, I'm going to have theology department, you know, since I'm a priest, it's only right. And what you have to learn in theology is the answer to the question where is God? And the answer is God is everywhere. (laughs) Why? Because he likes you. that's kind of a combination of the disney and roman catholic philosophies just, it's just a perfect for the late 70s or early 80s, you know, just a perfect well, after the courses are all over then it's a time for a little Easter vacation no time to go to Fort Lauderdale, only lasts like 20 seconds but what I do for you, I like to turn on a sun lamp you know, I give you a little glass of orange juice. That's the snack part, orange juice. And then after vacation, you know, after you swallow it real quick, then it's a time for the final exams. I say to you, como esta usted? You say muy bien. Where is God? God is everywhere. Economics is supplying and demand. Then I put on your cap and gown. I get out to my Polaroid, the camera, you know, make a little snapper, flash a picture for you. I give you the picture. You give me twenty dollars, I give you a diploma, and you're college graduate, ready to go. And I'm not, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. Right next door to the five minute university, I'm going to open up a little law school. You know, you got another minute.
2: All right, we're back. I had, to, I had people outside running a, some kind of equipment. I had to fix that. I stopped everything for a few minutes so it wouldn't bug you, wondering what in the world's going on over here. So uh, we have a couple segments left, and um, picking and choosing what I'm going to do next. But um, let's do, let's talk about this. I was talking to my friend who spent years uh, being raised in Tijuana, working for the cartel. And during years when our kids are <clears throat> involved in sports and uh, working at Taco Bell and Burger King, she was packaging uh, narcotics, getting ready to be shipped to the United States. She didn't use narcotics, but after that, she transferred from that because it became too dangerous with people getting murdered all around her, to um, moving people through the border. Her record was 19 people. She Hit all the border crossings across uh, California, Arizona, all the way over to Texas, and was caught numerous times and released uh, because they will release you if you want to go back into your own country, which she did that's she was making money, moving people through the border. She knows more about it than any of the Congress people or senators in the United States uh, of America. Uh, They're simply quacks and nutcases and perverts running this country. At this point, they know nothing what they're talking about. You know, if you want to talk about the drug scene, go talk to a drug dealer that's been doing it for 20 years, right? They will tell you what's shaking from the inside out. So this year, it's it's expected that illegal immigrant population will surge, will increase by 10%. uh, they anticipate more than 700,000 migrants will successfully enter the country, increasing the unauthorized Hispanic population by 10 percent. What's happening is – and uh, I got into a discussion in the uh, – with immigrants, illegal immigrants in the Yuba County Jail the other day, and they were they, – they said their attorneys are saying the reason their cases are getting all screwed up is because of President Trump. I helped them understand the fact that the the United States immigration laws have not changed any except uh, the enforcement of them has been really weak or put on hold by the Obama administration and the Bush administration, both of which, although both one Republican, one Democrat, they both agreed they wanted to have open borders, which is screwed up. So now that Trump is enforcing the law or more of the laws. Uh, people are being held to account in the court system now here 's the weird thing if you If you break our laws and come into the country illegally now and and they have you held now you have a right to fight your case to stay in the country right it 's kind of like that you somebody breaks into your house they don 't just get arrested and then uh and then either cop a plea. Or do time for breaking and entering and vandalizing or stealing from your house. Now they can argue that they had a right to do that, right, in court and keep appealing it and appealing it and appealing That's how the immigration laws work. What Trump's saying now is if people are caught coming through the border, they ought to be held and then, and then returned immediately to the country of their origin, not given any more rights. We shouldn't feed them. We shouldn't clothe them. We shouldn't let them use the bathroom. Piss on them! Just get them out of here. They're they're illegal. Now that they think, oh, you're being too hard. Listen, that's the way it's being done in every other country. When I was in Vietnam, I went through one time, and I had a visa, and they gave me the wrong visa. It was supposed to be a a multiple entry visa. They it was just, but over here they they took my money for a multiple entry and gave me a single. But then they gave me a letter that says, oh, we we goofed. This guy deserves to come in multiple times. On my second time in, bringing a team. The team already had been through. They had the proper visas. I said, hey, you guys made a mistake over there in the U.S., your embassy, da-da-da-da. And I argued, argued, argued. They said, no, uh, anybody can make up a letter like that. And finally, they just said, they said, listen, quit talking to us about your argument. Either get on a plane, get the hell out of here, or you go over there and pay 185 more dollars. Get your picture taken, fill out all those forms, and we'll let you go through, right, for a few days. And that was it. No negotiations, no trials, no court, no nothing. Get out or get in and pay the money, right? So that's what, that's reasonable. And all this total nutso stuff that anybody in the world has the rights that were designed for our own citizens, according to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States. Those should apply to the American citizens and not to any Tom, Dick, and Harry and Susie that wants to get over here. So what's happening is as we are being overrun, and because of Democrats, uh, in fact, the lady I was talking to last night, she said, Lou, this Ocasio, AOC, whatever they call that nutcase back there in Washington, she went down there and talked about all these internment camps and the Holocaust. She said— Lou, I, I've been doing this all the way back over 15 to 20 years ago. She said those facilities have been the same. We know them. We've been inside of them. We've been booked. We've been released. We've been sent back to our country. We know exactly what we're getting into. They, Every kid knows what he's getting into. They know where the, what, how thick the pads are, where the seats are, where the bathrooms are. They know everything about them, and they're coming to stay there. It is not about punishing anybody. Trump – and she, and here she's a brand-new immigrant. She said Trump did not build those. Those were built even before Obama took office. And yet the average American is so incredibly flat-brained and stupid, and they just got the single eyebrow. It's just unbelievable how stupid people are to just allow people to break our laws, but that's what's happening. So uh, I'm short of time here today, as I always am. Jeffrey Epstein, the Epstein case, all you have to do is just sink it through this way. You remember Comey, James Comey, who got fired by uh, President Trump? James Comey was so compromised, such a criminal, such a liar, that he should have been fired a long time ago. He has been in bed with the Clintons literally for decades. Now his daughter... Un- incredibly his daughter is going to be prosecuting Jeffrey Epstein. These people have been I, I you know they got the they got the Clinton DNA planted all over their butts and they have they're perverts. These people, whether it's Weinstein uh or not Weinstein, Weinstein's a Hollywood guy. But uh I'm trying to think of the other guy's guy's wife who used to—Uma Abedin, her husband. All these people are perverts, and it was common—it was okay amongst the Clinton administration. Uh, Key people in the Clinton administration were taking part in sexual orgies with this Jeffrey Epstein. At one time, the New York City Police Department dug into this and wanted to arrest a bunch of people— and the federal people put the kibosh on it under the Obama administration. Now they're trying to portray this whole thing like it's all Trump's problem. Because it's like, oh, well, you knew, you actually knew Epstein. How many people have you ever known that have gotten themselves in trouble? I, can, I have lists of people that have done stupid stuff and been gone to prison and gone on drugs. In fact, some of the people that are running these two counties have relatives that are criminals. So what's the difference? So now, oh, yeah, Trump, he actually knew Jeffrey Epstein and said that he liked women. Well, that doesn't mean he knew he had a a deal screwing little children, a sex island. But the crazy thing is that they have been letting this guy off. You know the reason? When you look at the— The Schmolet case in Chicago, or whatever case you want to look at. Racism, supposedly, trumped up racism charges, Marine Comey now going to prosecute this. There's different standards of justice in the United States. People that have connections or have lots of money don't get justice. The only people getting justice are the middle class on down. They're getting screwed that they 're getting what we all agreed to, which is law and order, and the rest of people just keep going on. I mean, how many people have to be killed around the Clintons or how many millions of dollars do they have to screw screw over people for it 's just on and on and on so now Marino Comey is an assistant u s attorney in the in the southern district of new, new York. She works on cases involved in alleged racketeering, drugs and weapons offenses, embezzlement obstruction, of justice blah 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 blah. She also was a part of the liberal women's march. Listen, Comey is no conservative. These people, whether it's uh, Eric Holder, Comey, uh, all these people, McCabe, they're all liberals that are deep state people. And thank God no president of the United States had the balls to fire James Comey. And thank God that uh, President Trump kicked that guy to the curb and called him a creep. So, by the way, all you homeless advocates, homelessness with Sacramento is spending millions of dollars on homeless. You remember this? When government pours millions of dollars, whatever, remember uh, Walter Williams says, when you want more of something, fund it. When you want less of something, tax it. So with all the money that Sacramento has put into homelessness, it's up 52% in two years. Thank you, Jesus. I was just down there last week, and they're lined up on the sidewalks. And even the friend, the drug addict, the heroin addict, I was driving to a rehab, was shocked. He said, man, I just thought this was going on in San Francisco. We got... uh, just amazing number of people. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Now, if you want to wonder whether you should keep your kids in school, people probably think I'm nuts. I'm telling them to pull their kids out of the government, California government schools. Your kids are getting – I don't care whether they're in a, a history class, social studies class, health class. They're telling them lies, telling them lies. If you want to read my article, read my articles in the Territorial Dispatch this week. Uh, or you can uh, go on to territorialdispatch.biz. I talk about the whole thing with the, the government uh, schools saying that Thomas Jefferson was screwing his slaves and having kids by them. It's just total nonsense. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Kamala Harris, the candidate for president, talking about she's hammering on Joe Biden all the while Kamala Harris's great-great-great-grandfather was a big time, big time, big time slave owner in Jamaica. She's not African. She's Jamaican. She's half Jamaican and half Indian from India, right? She ain't no African black all identifying. If she wants to say the people of the world that have dark skin, I'm one with them. But she's also I'm down with all the blacks. She's she like. She never had a poor, she never missed a meal in her life, that girl. Her dad was a Stanford, a leftist Marxist Stanford University economics professor. Her mom was a cancer researcher, got a Ph.D. from Berserkly. The people were filthy rich. Nothing, here's the problem. I don't have any problem with people being successful, rich, filthy rich, really filthy rich. God bless them. Right. But then when they turn around and say, if you're white and you're filthy rich, if you have this or your dad made all this money and gave it to you, you're just a little racist, you're a little pussy. Right. That's ridiculous. Kamala Harris can't live both lives. She's a hypocrite. She's a doggone hypocrite. They not only have slaves, they had white slaves. They brought in slaves from Ireland after it was illegal, the British Parliament declared it was illegal to have slaves in Ireland. So they, people, they started exporting them to other countries, including Jamaica, where she hailed, her people hail from. So now we have a math teacher. This is so amazing. When you think, if you think we're not easing into socialism and communism and starting to control what you say and what you think, what you believe... Check this out. We have a math teacher who not in in the class, but uh, she was at a conference where she was the speaker and she was talking about all the good, the unparalleled force of good that Western civilization has been for the rest of the world and and for our country. And her school, a K through 12 school, fired her. Her name's Dr. Karen Siegmund, S I E G E M U N D. Uh, Basically, on her own time, she was speaking at a conference and, and said that. And the reason is this private school in L.A. does not believe that. And they believe that America is evil. So she's the math teacher said she lost her job at the private school in Southern California for speaking out a defense of Western civilization, even though she made her comments outside the classroom. Uh, let's see. She's the president of Los Angeles based American Freedom Alliance. Uh, The group had the long march through the institutions conference, which explored the left's ongoing multi-decade takeover attempt of numerous public and private institutions to effect a radical transformation in America. Whether you believe that or not, it doesn't make any difference because that's the fact. During her speech, she said each of us here believes in the unparalleled force for good that Western civilization that is our heritage, whether we were born here or not. Shortly thereafter, she was informed that her contract at Les Lace, Francais de Los Angeles, a private t- K-12 school, would not be renewed. We're just not going to be put up with anything talking about the truth. So that's that. Uh, now, I wanted to, uh, you know, the the impression was when Trump took over that it would be the end of the United States as we know it. The The rivers would be polluted. The mountains would be flattened. The oil would be spread all over the world. Uh, the air, you couldn't see more than 100 yards, and it would be a total disaster. The fact is that the government, uh, by reducing regulations and getting to work on what the EPA was supposed to be doing, you remember when the EPA started? Uh, the EPA was uh, supposed to Uh, have a super fund you remember the super fund waste cleanups and those were were for whatever reason an old mine an old mining operation or maybe an old factory and they went in to like do reclamation and clean up and then reuse the areas Uh, so uh, trump recently praised his administration's work on the environment he spoke of the Environmental Protection agencies refocusing on their core mission. Now, you remember that? Now, they got off their core mission, and were down here trying to tell us whether we could plow a field or not, or whether we could, uh, we could water our horses on a natural little pond that was created by the rain. So the core mission said last year the agency completed more Superfund hazardous waste cleanups, than any of the previous administrations. Is that amazing? This guy hasn't even completed three years of his uh, candidacy or his uh, term in office. And he says they have completed more Superfund hazardous waste cleanups than any year of the previous administration. We have done tremendous work on Superfunds. He also highlighted the signing of a Save Our Seas Act, a joint agreement with Canada and Mexico to combat the growing problem of ocean trash. So you think, oh, we, you know, Trump wants to actually dump more trash out in the ocean. People are just saying all kinds of crap. But he's got an agreement to start reining in the trash. I don't know who's dumping it out there. I don't dump it out there. Trump was critical of the Democrats' Green New Deal, asserting that it'll kill millions of jobs it crushes the dreams of the poorest Americans and disproportionately harms minority communities. He said, I'm not going to stand for it. Now, here's here's another thing I like. It also He also highlighted the fact that even after he pulled out of the U.S., the U.S. out of the Paris Climate Accord. You remember that? It was just a bunch of B.S. America leads today all signatory nations, ones that signed on to that, In emissions reductions. In other words, we're leading the pack without being a part of it. Trump argued a strong economy is vital to maintaining a healthy environment, adding that he believes an environmental policy that penalizes Americans is counterproductive to both America and the environment. For years, politicians told Americans that a strong economy and vibrant energy sector were incompatible, they wouldn't work with a healthy environment. Uh, that, the, that one thing doesn't go with the other. However, Trump said it's wrong. So healthy economy, we can manage our business, do it cl- in a clean fashion. We can clean up the mess we created, etc. By the way, if you ever noticed a lib- the liberal, uh, when they do the big marches on the Capitol in Washington, look at what trash they leave compared to when Christian people or conservatives go they pick up all their trash now just think about that when you think about environmental policy conservative people christian people preserve the environment and the other side just throws their crap everywhere you everywhere you can imagine so uh we have one more segment and uh hang with us and we'll be right back
5: A blockbuster story could be in the making, a former Secret Service agent is threatening to release damaging information on former President Bill Clinton. Dan Bongino says he may release information on Clinton's 26 documented trips on Jeffrey Epstein's plane jet, private jet, the Lolita Express. Epstein was convicted in 2008 for soliciting sex from an underage girl and served 13 months in prison. For more on this tonight, we go to the host of America's Lawyer, Mike Papantonio. Mike, uh, Dan Bongino, his testimony or his information coming forward could break the story wide open. What, what's going on here?
6: Well, it is. This is a story that is so underreported, that, In absolute secret, the U.S. government negotiated a deal that forgave multi-billionaire Jeff Epstein for procuring sex with about 40 children. Some, as young as 12 years old, were trafficked from other countries to other countries. The deal that that allowed Epstein to serve only 13 months in a special private wing of the Palm Beach jail where he was allowed to leave every day for 16 hours, basically he only slept there. It carried the possibility for everybody else who wasn't a billionaire, life in prison. Epstein's private pilot, Larry Visoki, in addition to to all this, came forward and said that he had flown Bill Clinton around on the same jet at the same time with underage girls that Epstein had on his jet. In fact, Bill Clinton's name shows up on logs that have been forwarded to me uh, 20 times. Bill Clinton's name 20 times during times when some of these girls were on board. The Epstein team also ordered private investigations by the truckload to harass, threaten and offer money to families in exchange for non-cooperation with the investigation. So a lawyer down in South Florida who I've worked with so many times, very, very talented trial lawyer, has brought a lawsuit demanding the case be reopened because the disgusting plea deal that was made by the government violated the Crime Victims' uh, Rights Act mm. when it made a plea deal with Epstein without informing anybody about what was going on with this billionaire. So now they'll be, they're going to be permitted to take discovery that the feds and the state prosecutors have failed to do when they gave Epstein this cover. Epstein's, Epstein hired women who, who'd go out and actively recruit underage girls for Epstein. Epstein would bring high-profile guests to yeah. private islands, St. James Island. It, the, the case goes on, and it's amazing that there, there's no, been no discussion about Bill Clinton being on this jet 20 times. Well, with, this, it, with it, this character, Epstein, going to an island
5: go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, as Bon is he expected to bring damaging testimony against the former president?
6: Well, the, the, the Evidence is already there. There's already been affidavits, sworn affidavits affidavits by the pilots who actually swore that Bill Clinton was on the same jet with Epstein, on the same jet with the women who procure underage girls for Mm. Epstein, on the same jet where there were actually some of the girls that were being transported. So, this case is just, look, okay. this is just starting. These lawyers down in South Florida handling this are very capable. We will follow the story. Host of America's Lawyer here on RT America,
5: Mike Papantonio. Mike, thank you.
0: This past Thursday was the Great American Smokeout, a day that everyone in America was encouraged to stop smoking cigarettes for a 24-hour period. Here to comment further is update health correspondent Roseanne, Roseanne Danna.
3: Mr. Fader from Fort Lee, New
2: Jersey writes in and says, Dear Rosanna, Rosanna Dana, last Thursday I quit smoking. Now I'm depressed, I gained
0: weight, my face broke out, I'm nauseous, I'm constipated, my feet swelled, my gums are bleeding, my sinuses are clogged, I got heartburn, I'm cranky, and I have
2: gas.
3: What should I do?
2: Mr. Fader, you sound like a real
5: attractive guy.
6: You belong in New Jersey. I can't see through it anymore. I need someone to talk to in a new hiding place. I feel like I'm looking at a heaven's door.
2: segment and uh, a few months ago I got uh, a request to come to dinner and visit some people and talk to them about wanting to help some folks that were having a difficult time in their life with drugs and this family was a really sharp family and uh, they're business owners and so there's a husband and wife, and it also included a, a grown woman. She's a, their daughter. And so I said, oh, what do you do? And she said, oh, I'm, I, uh, I've always loved horses. I've started riding horses on a kid. I made a study of them. I love the work. I love, I love to work with people and horses. And so she made something that she loved, uh, her passion and work. And so she got trained in how to work with people that were troubled people, having difficulty in her life, and – and uh So uh, she received her what they call a CHA certification nearly 20 years ago. In other words, working with horses, working with people that work with horses, helping people. And really has a burden to help children and young people overcome troubles they have in their life, inhibitions, dysfunction, whatever, handicaps, whatever you want to call it. So uh, from 2000, uh, she's completed level one, two. Uh, level level one level two english and level three western training for horses from 2000 to 2002 she taught lessons and led trail rides for children at a horse camp in washington in 2002 she returned to northern california where she continued to teach lessons and train horses in 2011 uh, she got her certification from path that's a how to work with people and horses She later worked at a therapeutic riding center in Central California, teaching lessons and training horses. And now she has her own stables called Youthful Courage Stables. And her name's Stephanie Case Camp. And uh, Youthful Courage Stables can be... Uh, reached by calling 707 350 2999. 707 350 2999. And uh, it's ycstables.com. Okay, ycstables.com. But it stands for Youthful, Youthful Courage Stables. So here we have a few more weeks before summer ends. And the school starts at the end of August. And you may think, oh, I wanted to get some uh, swimming lessons for my kid. And, you know, I wanted them to be involved in a youth a ch- church camp, a youth camp, a Bible, you know, vacation Bible school or whatever. In other words, we want to keep our kids not only busy, but busy about learning new new stuff. So if you want, uh, maybe give them some experience with managing horses or working on horses or learning how to ride you can give Stephanie a, a shout out at seven zero seven three five zero two nine nine nine. I think she's located on Franklin Avenue, right outside the city of Yuba City. So if you're around this area, I think it's worth doing. I, th- I think if I had that offered to me, and I had young kids, I would definitely uh, utilize her because I think she'd be a, she's a great influence. She's a great woman uh she's a honest person, good person, and she's a person of integrity and values she'll She'll impart some good stuff to the kids. so I want to go back to before we finish and uh I was talking to the border about the border and talking to my friend last night about the border again, questioning her. I was going to have her on the air, but I'll do it later because I need to get another microphone for the studio here I mean not a microphone but a uh headset and stuff and Anyway, I don't want to bother you with all the details, but uh, Mexico is confirming, I think I mentioned this last week, that uh, there are children being purchased to use to get through the, the border. And the reason is that if children come to the border, we don't abandon children in the United States. So we take them in, hold on to them. Remember I talked about earlier about runaways from America. Uh, cops got to stay with a runaway till somebody, an adult, can Take care of them. So we're very sensitive to that. The last thing Americans would do is abuse children, the government I'm talking about. There's high values of taking care of kids. But unfortunately, what uh, the uh, rest of the world doesn't believe the same, but they actually look at that as a loophole to uh, if I can bring a kid to the border, even though it's not my kid, I just say it's my kid, they're liable to uh, do the paperwork on me. And release us into the United States till we go to court, and then while we're waiting to go to court, then we disappear, right? And then the kid can go back to his mother in that case, right? Go back across the border and go back to his mother and be sold again, right? That's how that works. So recently, after this uh, nut case, uh, Ocasio Cortez. Uh, she went down and said, this is the Holocaust. These are like internment camps, et cetera. A bunch of Hispanic pastors, one who I saw actually on, on YouTube from Sacramento. It was a very successful uh, church in Sacramento. Uh, they went down the border to like say, you're kidding me. We're going to go look at this. So they called the White House. The White House gave them permission to go down. They gave them, got the big tour. And they were shocked of how big of a liar the Congress people are. Uh, and back in Washington D.C., they found uh, people, things in order, clean people. Uh, in other words, they, the government, the deep state government, was lying about what was really going on. So I, you may have not listed the previous uh, previous show, but I wanted to just remind you that what's being said on the air is long is is a lie. It's, it's constantly a lie, a lie, a lie. And my tendency as myself is to think, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that's happening, and then realize who's saying it. And I think, oh, it's probably they're probably lying. They're just making that up. And, and that's what's happening most of the time, unfortunately. So uh, most people uh, believed, most uh, people argued and believed that when Trump took the White House, the stock market would completely collapse. It did just the opposite. Now we're making record after record. And the, the liberals are saying, well, that's bad, too. We don't want to make any records. And uh, we really wanted it to go down so then we can impeach Trump. But now that we're making records, that's trouble, too, because it could crash. It's probably right on the peak of crashing. But the fact is that behind the, what you aren't seeing on a daily basis, but what is happening is they are removing regulations that simply harassed people in this country, but didn't benefit the people, uh, didn't, didn't save the environment, it didn't save corruption, it didn't save uh, negative things happening. It was just more regulations to have more gra- regulations and just have more hoops to jump through, like me having to determine I have to ask the city of Marysville supposedly what color to paint my house. Just stupid stuff like that. So um, – this uh, headline said Trump deregulation boosts American families. And I think I can't remember what his original plea was, but he said, if we have to add a regulation, we're going to eliminate two others to add one if we think we really need one. But actually, I keep hearing that they for every one they've added, they've eliminated eight to 12. So the White House Council and Economic Advisors released a report. Uh, last Friday indicating President Trump's deregulation efforts will lead to an increased household income by an average of thirty thirty one hundred dollars over the next decade. Uh, you may read the left media reports about how much the current economic spench is only making the rich richer. Isn't that what you hear? And everyone else not so much. But the truth is most Americans have benefited from the healthy economy. I know I have And and if people are going to make an average of 3,100 over the next decade, that's awesome. 3,100 is a lot of—to me and to the average American, I think $3,100 is a lot of money. Chief Economist on the Council, Casey Mulligan, explained the deregulatory efforts of the Trump administration have also removed mandates from employers, especially smaller businesses. Smaller businesses are where the majority of Americans are hired. Did you know that? And and, and working. And— these mandates have been removed. They've removed burdens that have eliminated many small bank lenders from the marketplace. These de- deregulatory actions are raising real incomes by increasing competition, productivity, and wages. The report also notes the hidden cost of regulation, stating the ongoing introduction of costly regulations uh, had previously been subtracted by an additional two tenths of a percent per year of real incomes, thereby giving the false impression that the American economy was fundamentally incapable of anything better than slow growth, now new regulations are budgeted and kept to a minimum. One of the most notable examples of trump 's deregulation impact has been on prescription drug costs. Now, I just had a lady told me last night she just spent three hundred dollars on some i think they 're a type of antibiotic I can go to, I can go to Vietnam. I don't know what you guys pay for a Z pack here. Some people say twenty-five or thirty dollars for if you got a, a nasal uh, infection or something. You can get it for two dollars over there. You can buy them right over the counter. You don't have to consult a doctor. Over the past two years, prescription prices, price increases, which have all almost always outpaced inflation, fell by more than eleven percent before below the inflation rate, and the report says even declined in nominal terms over the calendar for the first time. Since 1972, the report estimates that the results of these actions will save consumers almost 10 percent on retail prescription drugs. Uh, The results in an increase of thirty two billion dollars per year in purchasing power. In other words, it's just very helpful. Does more need to be done? Absolutely. I think the the prescription rates could be dropped. I, I don't want government to tell business what to charge. I don't think that's right. I think that they need to get out of the business and and let the, the let the market set the tone. It says here that the the stock market uh, benefited from Trump's deregulatory efforts as stocks had their best June in decades since 1938 I said last week capping a strong first half of 2019. Another area of deregulation benefits everyone with an, automo- was, uh, with, with an automobile. Thanks to fracking revolution, the U.S. has become the world's largest oil producer. And the remember, Obama said, we're running out of oil. We're not going we, we, to have enough oil. Carter said the same thing, right? Uh, the International Energy Agency says we can expect enough oil supply in 2020 to more than offset increased demand. That may keep prices stable or even reduced. So uh, a a lot to be learned from uh, you you just you know, you don't hear that on on the news a lot that behind the scenes, they are gutting regulation and stupid code codes that don't mean anything that are ridiculous. So I also want to mention uh, before we go today that uh, we're also helped by this program, uh, which isn't paid for. Um, We pay for it. We have to pay all the costs of going uh, on the Internet, Uh, the podcast, uh, all the logistics, the editing, all that kind of stuff costs us some money. Uh, So these people that are supporting us, if you want to support them, they're good people. They're honest people. Green's Construction, uh, uh, YC Stables, Youthful Courage Stables, and uh, also the plumbing doctor. Uh, plumbing doctors my friend Ted Holmes 530 671 they do a great job they've helped me at my house for years Ted's a good friend of mine he just got back from leading a team to Cuba uh, constructing a, a two story church building to get it started got the got the floor laid and and uh, got the superstructure up steel superstructure and the skin on the building so the next teams can go down and build the inside so, if you want to get a hold of them, you got a problem in the middle of the night, or you need to get, it, get them a call in so you can get them first thing in the morning, you can dial them up at 530 671 9111. 9111. So, those are the, uh, and then uh, Monty Hecker with Elite Universal Security. Monty helped me. I'm headed to Vietnam with. Uh, a bunch of cheater. I call them cheater glasses, or the reading glasses off the off the shelf. You can pick them up for a buck a piece. So, Monty, helped me buy a bunch of those. I got a couple of hundred of those that we're going to be taking to Vietnam into the villages. Now, you think you want socialism? How long has it been since the uh, How long has it been since the Vietnamese have have run Vietnam? Nineteen. The communists have run Vietnam since nineteen seventy five. So they still don't have health care. It's supposed to be thirty. 40, 40, 40 years, 45 years. They still don't have health care in the rural Vietnam. There's 90 million people there. They still don't have health care in rural Vietnam. People that need glasses don't have any glasses, right? They just go without. You just see as good as you can see. That's all you can see. So, so help me God. So that's just something to to think through there. Um, So if, if any of you out there would like to help uh, promote this show, you can just give a shout out to your friends, or post it on your Facebook site or something. Just say you saw a show, you liked it, uh, or if you want to, uh, if you have a business you'd like me to mention it on here, uh, I can do that and give you a shout out, and we also list it on our website. How to get a hold of you? If people say, "Oh, I heard about that, but I wonder how they get a hold of him," so you can go to our website at nohostagesradio.com and I always list uh, the shows will be there live whenever you want them I mean recorded whenever you want them and then you could also see my territorialdispatch.biz articles that are always there for that week and then also it will list some of the topics that we covered during the show and we also um, will have uh, some of our sponsors on how to get a hold of them So uh, check that out, and uh, we will uh, be be glad to help you. So there's been a lot of talk in all these uh, towns and cities about the homeless. Now, I haven't been to state after state after state. I know some states, they don't have any. Uh, They're not putting up with it. They're dealing with things in a different way, and uh, there's a lot of things going on that that, – People just do differently, and I and I got to put up with the nonsense that we're forced to put up with in the yuba area—the abuse, the the people going nuts. Uh, it, the Democrats right now running this country uh, from a deep state, and and if they're running the local, your local uh, administration, city council, board of supervisors, you know, a lot of them in California up here north, they claim to be uh, Republicans, they're, they're what we call Rhino. Rhino is Republican in name only. So many people are leaving the Republican Party because uh, they they got the look of a Republican, that they get the R by their name, but they're they're really just uh, they're liberals, and they think by that if if you just give people money, they they've never practiced it and use this at home, it won't work at home. If you do this on your own kids, you'll ruin your kids. But they think if you give people money uh, for not doing anything. And you don't ask them to do anything and you don't hold them accountable that somehow the light will turn on. They're going to have a serendipitous moment and uh, they're going to have a revelation that they need to get up an hour hour or two before sunlight and get their act together and get a cup of coffee in them and get them out there to the job site and work their butt off and not, not give a bunch of back talk and not be a slouch or a slackard, and then go home that night, fix himself a meal, go to bed, and do the same thing every morning, forever and ever, amen, right? That's how to get people straightened out. To toss money at them, like throwing a bologna sandwich at a bear, does not improve the bear's lot in life, particularly if you quit coming by with your bologna sandwich. One day, the bear's... Uh, just going to sit around waiting for somebody to toss him a bologna sandwich. That's what our welfare system is doing. It's very destructive. My take is that, that homeless this homeless thing will never stop until the, the United States government quits funding. If they cut off funding to everybody uh, with all this food stamps, EBT cards, and, uh, people would go to work and then they would learn the value of a dollar and they wouldn't waste it like – you know, something I, I always get when I was at Glad Tidings running the benevolence program, we would have people come out and work for a day, and we'd pay them at the end of the day, and we'd spend about 30 minutes talking to them about what, what other ways we could help their life. Many times people would come and they say, Well, I just need some food. Um, and the interesting thing is, usually they're always obese, looking for food, and they're smoking cigarettes. Now, I don't know whether you looked at a pack of cigarettes. They're very cheap in Vietnam. In fact, they're probably only 90 cents a pack, same cigarettes in Vietnam. And here I think they're about 10 times that. Somebody told me the other day in jail that they were $9. It seems like the poor always has, time for, for, it always has money for a pack of cigarettes. <clears throat> and they eat, they eat a lot of food, right? They're overweight and they're addicted. Uh, I always get a kick out of my drug addict friends. They think they can quit crank and drink beer and smoke cigarettes. They're really kind of nuts. There's a nutty group. Uh, they got a flat spot on their brain. I was just reading the last part of Proverbs. I can't quote you this chapter. It's 24, 25. It just repeatedly says how stupid you are to give yourself to alcohol and uh, things like that. It just destroys your life. <clears throat> it doesn't talk about cigarettes there, but... That i show a video in in the jail about cigarettes and he just calls it the way this guy's a layman he just calls it the way it is says you're a drug addict you're 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 on cigarettes you're a drug addict so uh that's about it for today we we've done uh, six sessions about two, two hours and 20 minutes so that'll be it and we'll be back on uh this is a july 20th session and we'll be back on the 27th to do, I think, Podcast 17. So if you run into anybody this week that you don't recognize, be careful because you may be entertaining an angel unaware. God bless you. Bye-bye. we we'll chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still...